I have a lot of people that I love in my life, and I just thank God for it. Um, the more that I grow in the kingdom, the more that I understand the kingdom, and the more that I know Jesus, the more that I love people. Um, so, amen. Well, how's everybody doing? All right. This is going to be such an incredible message, and I'm not telling you that. But I just know the Lord really wants to impart something to all of us. And we're going to learn more about his ways, the ways of the kingdom, right? Because that's the area that we will prosper is the ways of the kingdom. We'll prosper in our hearts. We'll prosper in our health. We'll prosper in our relationships. And we'll prosper in our finances. We'll prosper in advancing the kingdom and giving glory to God in the earth through our lives. Amen. All right, so this is actually like the third part of, um, I don't think we've officially named this series, and I hate to say that, but it's, it's re basically accessing kingdom wealth is what it is. Um, how many of you need more of that in your life? Okay, Every, anybody else that didn't raise your hand? <laughs> it's not true, and I know it's not true. Um, so, so John and I have gone through a lot of financial valleys and mountains in our lives. And through that ups and downs, the whole time, like, the Lord was trying to teach us something, but we weren't really listening. We just thought if we just work harder, pray harder, then things are going to go better for us, or we're going to be able to sustain or hold on to money. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, Malachi 3 says this, though. It's the famous bring your tithe into the storehouse, right? No, that's not why we named storehouse, storehouse. But it says, um, I want you to bring your tithe into it. And, and then he says, listen, now I want you to test me in this and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and pour out an abundance like more than you can hope or imagine, an abundance into your house, into your house. And, and then he goes on, and, and a lot of people, there's this thing with some believers, they're like, oh yeah, it's New Testament, so we don't have to tithe, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, Matthew 23, 23 says very clearly, Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he's saying, listen, you guys did right through tithing, but you also need to be giving above your tithe to take care of the widows and the orphans. So when Jesus said something like that, when he's like, listen, tithe means 10%, right? So you're going to bring your tithe, you bring it into the storehouse, you bring it into the place where, you know, where you can... Um, support the priesthood basically it's the ones that are laboring in the in the in the mountain of the church but he's saying also there's also going to be additional blessings for you because if you already bless the tithe how much more is he going to bless the things that are over the tithe right yes <laughs> all right so as John said, um, we're going to be taking up a, an offering, a special offering for the building fund today. Um, after the message and after a couple of testimonies, we are we, here's what we're going to do. We are going to raise $100,000 in 30 days. And then we're going to raise an additional $100,000 through pledges over the next 12 months. So you ha you, what you have in your chair, there should be an envelope um, and there should also be a pledge card. So there's an envelope for what you're going to give today um, above the tithe, but towards this building fund. But there's also a pledge card of what we're going to give going forward. Now, I want to tell you my heart and the heart of this church. We really don't care about a building. We really don't care. The Lord said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and I want you to grow. Why does God want us to grow? God wants us to grow because he wants families. He cares about families. He cares about people. He cares about a harvest. And don't you know, and a lot of what I'm going to be talking about today can apply to the place that the God has us. When God begins to say, I'm extending your tent pegs, guess what? That means that the real estate that you now occupy and the real estate that you're about to influence is about to grow. So that's a really good news. And we knew when we moved into um, Baruch Hashem, hey, somebody's calling me. 
Everybody else, silence your cell phones because your pastor forgot to. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Anyway, um, we knew that when we moved into this building, we were, we were um, prophetically two-sided coin. We were Isaiah 54 and Isaiah 45. And we knew that we were carrying the extending of the tent pegs, and we also knew that Baruch Hashem was carrying the, the Cyrus anointing. And so we knew that the two of these things were about to come together. But here's what I want to tell you. The things that we labor for as a community are the things that we benefit from as a community. All right? So what I'm going to be talking to you today, hopefully, is going to shake you up a little bit in the things that you believe and the things that you understand about money and how to access kingdom wealth, because um, this right here is what we're all about. That's why we have it on our sign. Look, access heaven, transform the earth. Why do we access heaven? Well, it's not accessing heaven. I'm not going to just access heaven for a prophetic word. I'm not going to just access heaven for healing. I'm not going to just access heaven for signs, wonders, and miracles, but there's also, as Heidi Baker said to me one time, not to me, I, okay, I was in a group of like 10,000 people, but I knew she was talking to me. But she said, I never ask anybody for money because there's a treasury room in heaven that I just access. And I went, stop right there. What is she talking about? What is she talking about? What she's talking about is, listen, there is a kingdom system that was designed by God for his son, Adam. And, and there's, a, there's another system that we'll call the earth-cursed system that most of us function in. And so, as, as believers, once the revelation is coming, I believe that the revelation that, we're gonna, that we are now processing through and are about to begin to eat of, I think this is where the wealth of the wicked are about to be poured out into the hands of the righteous. Okay? So if we can get this, if we can truly understand this, and then really be like the Bereans and begin to search out the scriptures for the truth for ourselves and begin to say, this is how I'm going to live. I'm going to live in freedom. I'm going to live in the Lord's rest. I'm not going to live under the curse of Adam through uh, toil and sweat. Okay. So you've got the two conflicting kingdoms. Adam gave away the keys to the kingdom. And what happened when he did that? He brought a curse on provision. All right, so let's read that scripture um, in um, Genesis 3. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all of the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field. And in sweat of your face you shall eat bread. So basically before that, Adam was in a system, he got put into a system. So God, he created day one, two, three, four, five. And then he created Adam. By the time Adam came along, the system of the earth was already in process. And all Adam had to do is take dominion and receive from the earth. Because the earth gave up all of the provision that Adam needed in order to live. He did not labor. There was no sweat of his brow. There was no laboring. There were no thorns and thistles. He did not wake up every day thinking, how am I going to eat? He woke up every day saying, I am going to live in the vision of what I was created to do by God. But today, because we're under the earth curse, what we do is we wake up and we think to ourselves, how am I going to make money? Right? How am I, okay, how am I going to make money? How am I going to save money? How am I going to, and so money becomes almost an obsession for us. And, and so we're under that. And so what has happened, because we're trying to function, we were created for the, the um, kingdom system. We're trying to function in the man system or, or the earth system that's under a curse. So we never really get ahead. We never really truly prosper. And so a lot of us are dying early and we're totally under stress because we're not functioning in that seventh day rest. Now it says in Genesis that on the seventh day, God rested. Now here's the question. Did he rest because he was tired? No. No. He rested because he was finished. It is done. It is 
finished. And when Jesus came, he said, now I have completed everything that I have been called to do. Therefore, the curse that is on man has been broken, and I have now opened up a doorway for you to begin to function in this new kingdom way with wealth. And, and Jesus said, now, not only did I tell you about it, every time I've said a parable to those that have the ears to hear and the eyes to see, listen and understand what I'm saying to you about the kingdom. Because once again, you are called to take dominion and the earth will give you what you need as long as you understand, like Adam did, how to command those things to come forward. Okay. So God created order, processes, systems, and patterns so the earth would continue to work. All of this is within God's created order. So after the curse, man had to provide for himself. Every day he wakes up, and like he said, I have to work to eat. And so what that did is that put him in a survival mode. And so his answer to the survival mode is, I've got to survive, I've got to survive, I've got to survive, right? You get on the hamster wheel. You guys know what I'm talking about, you know? Can't get off, can't get off. I'm so tired, you know? There would be no TGIF if it weren't for survival mode, right? It's like, <laughs> Friday, when's Friday going to get here? You know, and half, not half, like 80% of America is sitting in a bar going, give me a margarita because I'm exhausted. And then Monday comes along and you're like, oh God, it's Monday. You know, so you've got the morning Mondays. But I want you to read what, um, um, what Luke 12 verse 16 says. Jesus spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have room no room to store my crops. So he said, I will do this. I will put down my, I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your, take it easy or take your ease Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So what we do in, 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 in the world system, we begin to hoard. When we begin to make, we begin to hoard it because our objective is to stop. We work so we can stop working. And the only way we can stop working is to hoard what we have. And so if we can just get enough, then we can actually stop working. Right? Am I right? I mean, how many of you know, you know, I look at some of the, and listen, this is, I'm, I'm teaching you about a different way to invest. I know that some of you are going like, this is making me manifest what you're saying. And I'm actually going to say a lot more tonight that's going to make you manifest. So just putting that out there. <laughs> As John says, putting the cat on the roof. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever understands that, right? <laughs> but he's a farmer. My husband's a farmer. All right. So here's the thing. We have got to get back and enter into the day of rest because Hebrews says that today they're still available for us at that day of rest. Therefore, we need to get back and begin to function and operate in that kingdom. So my objective, again, is to teach us how to do that. I want us to be financially free so that you can fulfill your destiny and vision in Christ and I want to stop surviving, and I actually want to start prospering with abundance. I don't want us to think about money. I want us to spend our time thinking and dreaming with God, and then learning how to access his wealth so that we can obtain the thing that we are created to do. Amen? All right, the key proverb is this for, for uh, this teaching. It is uh, Proverbs 10.22. The blessing or covenant of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow or hard labor with it. All right, 
that scripture, that word rich, I looked that up. Do you know what that means? It means rich. <laughs> you know, all these people that get so fun, offended, and they're like, you know, they don't believe that Christians should be wealthy, but we're the ones that are supposed to be the lenders and not the borrowers. We're the ones that people are supposed to go to saying, I don't know what they're eating, but I want some of that. I don't know what they're doing, but I want to live the life that they're living. Look how prosperous they are. Look how generous they are. Look how they're feeding the poor. Look how they're transforming cities. Come on, guys. And if we could teach the poor this, and I am telling you, the poor get this, because they're like, yeah, I, I got no plan B. You know, I don't have a, a, a university education. And this right here is, is the hope of the nations. I'm telling you, if they can get out of this, that's why Jesus said when he came in Luke 4.18, he's like, okay, hey, Luke 4.18, I'm going to give you my job description. I'm going to tell you what I came for. I came to preach the, the good news of the kingdom to the poor. Why? Because it's really good news that you don't have to be poor. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! All right, so how do you know if you're laboring according to the curse system of the earth? Because you can feel it. So, because it says you're going to have sorrow, hard labor, which means stress, fear, anxiety, and frustration. So you're, you're frustrated. You're always frustrated. You're always thinking about money. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night. You know, do I have enough? Have I, have I stored up? Have I, do I, you know? And so it's that constant thing that just kind of, it's, it's almost like a tormenting spirit. But you're not, you're not, so that means you're not under the blessings of, of the system of heaven. Now, I'm not talking about working. Because I don't want you guys to get offended. Like, because, but I have, but I do have to tell you this. There are some people who are so, t their identity is so tied into working that this message is really hard for them. Because if they're not toiling, where's their value? Do you hear what I'm saying? And so it, you have to check to see, can I actually, can I do this? Can I go over and still find value in the way that I work? But the word says that we work unto the Lord. And so we work unto this, this new way so that we can fully prosper. And guess what? So the Lord gets the glory. Again, if I heal someone in the name of Jesus, guess what happens? God gets the glory. If I make a million dollars because of the kingdom, God gets the glory because there's a testimony in it. Amen? All right, so the Bible says this, <clears throat> that there is a principle of sowing and reaping, okay? It doesn't say saving and reaping. It doesn't say working and reaping, and it doesn't say worrying and reaping. It says sowing and reaping. And Jesus, how many times, I'm shocked that Jesus was a carpenter as much as he talked about farming. It's like, how do you know all this about farming? Because you're over there with, you know, like a, you're, you're sanding and hammering. And so anyway, but he, but he talks in terms of a farmer because he's trying to help us to understand what the kingdom is like. And so when I sow something, what happens is that something, I've taken something from the earth and I've transferred it into the kingdom. Now, he uses farming because if I have a seed, it says that, that he gives uh, seed to the sower, right? He gives it. So it's his responsibility to give seed to the sower. Now, I have a seed. Let's say it's an apple seed. Now, I know an apple. I can open up an apple. I can cut up an apple, and I know how many seeds are in that apple. But with a seed, you don't know how many apples are in that seed, there, because of the genetics of that seed, that seed has thousands of apples within it. That seed's going to go into the ground, and it's going to build a tree, and that tree is going to continue to reproduce and give you apples. Right? 
Well, Lord, I just pray that you would give us a revelation of how to access this kingdom well. So this is what I want to do. I want to talk to you about three scriptures today. And each one, uh, the first scripture is going to be about multiplication. The second scripture is going to be about debt. And the third scripture is going to be about financial strategy. All right, so multiplication. Turn in your Bibles to Mark 635. You all uh, know this really well. This is, the, this is Jesus. He's, he's got a situation on his hands, and so um, he is going to show his disciples about the kingdom, and he's going to do it through multiplying food. All right, uh, Mark 6, verse 35. All right, so you've got all these people that have followed him uh, out into uh, a great multitude, it says in 34, um, and he was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep having no shepherd, so he began to teach them many things. Verse 35, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he, but Jesus answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? <clears throat> All right, stop there. So what they did is, is, is Jesus said, okay, you give it to them. And they're thinking to themselves, wait a minute. How much money is this going to cost me? And how long am I going to have to work in order to make that money? So immediately their minds go to labor and immediately their minds go to how is, how is this going to work? How am I going to be able to afford to do that? How many of you do that? Then the Lord is saying, I want, you to, I want you to go to the next place in me. You're going to advance, okay? I'm taking you to this next journey on your leg, but it's going to require faith. And immediately we think to ourselves, but wait a minute, how much is this going to cost me? So we begin to go and we begin to add up the numbers, right? And we begin to make the budget. And we're like, well, I can't afford this. I, I, I don't have enough money. And as I told you last week, like Reinhard Bonnke said, there would be a revival in America, but America's too busy checking to see how much money they've got to see if they can afford it. Because if you have the money, it's not faith. God is never going to call you to do something that you can do in your own strength, but he's called us to live the life of the impossible. Therefore, he gets the glory. All right, so he says this to them in verse 38. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And then they found out and they said, five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on green grass. So they sat down in ranks, hundreds and then in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he blessed it, and he broke the loaves. And he gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. And so they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Okay. So in total, all that ate were 5,000 men. Well, 5,000 men, I'm telling you, they all had, the, I'll guarantee you the ladies were there and the kids were there. So that's a lot. That's a lot. So, th so they just saw this miracle in front of their eyes. Well, it, let's just go ahead and say this. I'm stating the obvious. It doesn't make any sense. Twit, quit trying to figure it out. It doesn't make any sense. The math doesn't add up. The math in the kingdom doesn't make sense. Thank goodness. Okay? So he took a little bit, and um, this is what he said. Number one, he said this. Do we have slides? Am I on my own here? Oh, there it is. He said, number one, what do you have? Now, remember, it's his responsibility to give seed to the sower. And so he asks you that question, what do you have? Now, what I love about Jesus is that he actually knows what you have because he knows what he gave you. And he watches what you do with that. And we know that because of what he said to the woman who gave the widow's might. And he said she gave more than everybody else. So what was he doing? He wasn't only watching what everybody was given, but he's sitting there making a judgment call on it. 
He's like, yeah, yeah, I see what you left behind. I see that with your saving. And I tell you what, if you can afford to give, and I know this is hard to hear, but if you can afford it, it's probably not enough. And I'll tell you that through a couple of testimonies. Number two, he said, now I'm going to create order for distribution. So what, number one, what is your need? What do you need? Number two, where is the multiplication going to go? And we'll talk about that a little later. And number three, how are you going to distribute it? And so God is a God of order. And so what he did is he began to divide everybody out and he created order so that when the seed, when the seed got distributed and when the harvest came, there, there was places to hold the harvest. Because the last thing that he's going to do, and Elijah, Elijah was a great example of this when he had the woman with the oil, right? He, it, she, he said, bring me your jars. And so what happened, because she served him with the last of what she had, the widow's might, what happened is that got taken into the kingdom and got distributed. So he said, go get something to hold the harvest. And so she got all of the jars. And after all the jars were filled, that's when the oil stopped. And so Jesus, what he does is he said, listen, you have to have a plan. So the minute that the seed begins to get multiplied, not only is the harvest going to come because of the seed, but the strategy for holding the harvest will also come. Does that make sense? Okay. Number three, um, what did he do? He looked to heaven. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all else will be given to you. So he looks to heaven, and then he did this. He speaks over it using your words. What did Adam do? He went around and he assigned what things were. He called things that they were as though they weren't. So, or the other way around. But anyway, you hear what I'm saying. So he's defining and establishing things based on his words. And so Jesus spoke over it, and he said he blessed the seed in his own name. And, you know, so here he is, Jesus. He's blessing the seed. Um, one of the things that we do, because you enter into, um, through the doorway, and into that place with God with thankfulness, I also thank God for the seed. I'm like, thank you, Lord, for the seed. I pray that you would bless the seed. Um, and then the seed reproduced after itself, once that began to happen. And then number five, he released it in faith, believing God for what he was about to do. Now, there is a, there's a principle in this that every seed will reproduce after itself. So Elijah and the widow, he was, rep oil reproduced oil. Fish reproduced fish. And bread reproduced bread, right? But there's a thing called money, okay? And the thing about money is that money can do a lot of things, and it can, it's a resource that we've been given to buy what we need. So you can actually, and that's why this is really important, you have to tell your money when you're sowing where to go. You have to tell your money what to do. And I love, there's actually teaching by, what's the guy with the envelope system? What's that guy? Dave Ramsey. Yeah, he's always talking about, you know, you're either going to be a slave to your money or your money's going to be a slave to you, and you have to tell your money what to do. So you make that plan. I'm not on that system. I'm on this system. Woohoo! <laughs> so anyway, you have to tell your money where to go. Now, I want to tell you, this is very similar. Now, you guys know uh, Bill Johnson at Bethel, right? Now, do you remember when Bill was teaching and training a lot of us on healing and miracles? And he was talking about the testimony and the importance of the testimony. Well, he was talking about when he, when he prays for somebody and somebody comes up and he says, okay, what do you have a need for? And this is what Jesus did too when somebody needed healing. Well, how can I pray for you? What do you need? Well, I'm missing an eye. You know, and so you could help me out with that. That'd be awesome, you know. And so Jesus is not going to go, oh, Lord, I'm going to pray for his knee. And the guy's like, hey, pay attention. It's my eye. Can you see it? I don't have an eye, you know. And so you have to pray. You have to tell your money where to go. Why? 
Because there's going to be a testimony of what happens when that comes to pass. And you're going to stand up and give glory to God. And then everybody else is going to be like, what? What just happened? If it worked for her, and she's like a nobody, it can work for me. Right? Amen? Okay. Y'all get that? Can we move on? Okay, I'm going to give you a testimony of this. I'm going to give you two testimonies real quick. One, one that I had no idea what was going on, which is, you know, when you're learning this, you don't know. You know, you're just like, God keeps showing up and saying things and demanding money. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then to see the fruit of it was just incredible. Okay, so uh, John and I, um, we were just starting his business and John, in John's business, and we were just starting the church, and so we were... W- really financially in, in dire straits, you know, it wasn't horrible, but it really wasn't very good. It wasn't very prosperous. And so we were living in a rent house. Um, and so we really wanted to have our own home. And, um, so every month we would just scrape by and save a little bit. And so over a period of, of like seven years, we lived in the rent house for about nine years. So at, at about seven years, we started to kind of squirrel away a little bit of money, you know. And it was really hard to do because we, we had no disposable income at the time, you know, very, very little. Um, so we, we ended up saving, after about seven years, about $7,000, okay. Well, the, well, we have seven kids and like nine grandkids, so... We need a house that can hold a lot of people, and we always have a lot of people at our house. You guys know that. Most of you have been to my house. (laughs) Kind of an open-door policy. And so we just needed something. And besides that, I just had this dream in my heart of what I wanted. And so I made the list of everything we wanted. So we'd saved that $7,000 and we're feeling pretty good at it. But the rate we're going, it's going to be a while before we can get our house. And especially, you know, trying to keep up with the Dallas market, you're like, whoa, Nellie, could you just slow that down? <laughs> Everybody in California coming, I'm going to pay cash for that $2 million house. And you're like, oh, fine. So anyway, um, rabbit trail. Um, where was I? Oh house. Oh, so save the $7,000. Feeling pretty good about it, but again, have a long way to go. So um, the Lord breaks in and he said, uh, there was a need. There was a couple at our church that had a need and the Lord broke in and he said, I want you to give them that $7,000 that you're saving for your house. And John and I are like, what? Get behind me, Satan. (laughs) I mean, if you do that, it's like... That can't be God. That can't be God. So we wrestled and we prayed and we're like, okay, it's God. You know, all right, let's do this. So that's a painful give, but we had joy in our hearts. We were like, this is really going to bless them. They didn't know it was from us. So, you know, that was really good. And, and um, so that was in the fall. Um, fast forward three months. John gets a surprise check in the mail for three times for almost over $20,000, and it was enough for us to go and put on a house. Now, here's what I want to tell you. God knew the desire of our heart, and he knew he wanted to give us a house. He also knew how he had already developed a system and the order of the kingdom, okay? So, he, tr- he had to move us over in that, even though we didn't really know what we were doing. But every seed reproduces after itself. So the seed that we sowed was the seed for the deposit on our house. Therefore, in the kingdom, that seed came forward three months later, and there's no way that we would have been able to save the way that we were saving And it would have taken us years to do that, but he fast-forwarded us by weakening us. He actually strengthened us. Now, what did we do? We gave it all. He said, I want it all. Okay, we're giving it all. It wasn't like, well, let's just keep a thousand back. No, we said, yes, Lord. Not even knowing that the other was coming, but now that we understand the things that I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
Test me in this to see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out more than you can hope or imagine. It works 100% of the time. So, second testimony really quick. Okay, so John and I, the Lord told me in May, he said, I'm bringing increase. You're going to have to sow into the increase. Okay, Lord, awesome. So, so he told me what the increase was going to be, and I'm like, Lord, thank you. I praise you. And he's like, okay, now you're going to really start giving. You're going to really start giving. And I'm going to start bringing to you opportunities for you to give abundantly. Now he didn't put any, he didn't, he wasn't specific. He just said, you start and I'll follow your lead. Okay. So John and I, so the next month in June, the Lord presented an opportunity for us to give. And so we're like, okay, we're going to give, we're going to do it. After he did that, then the Lord downloaded to John strategy to begin to provide the jars for the harvest is coming. So John began to hire preparing for the more, okay? And so he's got, so he's like, okay, this is how this is going to happen. And all of a sudden he's got this. When before we began to sow, it was kind of out there and he knew, but it was kind of cloudy and none of it really. And then all of a sudden the whole thing became clear, okay? So now what he's doing is he's providing another opportunity through building of this church saying, now I want you now to sow a seed into the harvest and I want you to tell the seed where to go. Okay? Begin to command the seed to bring increase into the field that you've now begun to toil the soil. So so now the soil in our larger lot of land is ready for the seed. Does that make sense? So it's ready to bring forth a harvest. All right. Um, Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 17, 27, because I want to talk to you about debt. Because debt is... You being a slave and you're under the curse of the system. What did I say it was? Um, Matthew 17, 27. Are y'all doing good? All right, Matthew 17, 27. All right, so uh, here he is, um, the issue of the taxes. Um, Jesus is saying this, nevertheless, lest we offend them, because he's like, yeah, these taxes are a bunch of you know, whatever. Um, Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to to them for me and for you. Okay. So Jesus didn't say, okay, here's what I want you to do. You need to pay your taxes. I want you to go and I want you to work and I want you to labor and I want you to, um, to, to get in angst over these, over these taxes. He didn't say that. Why did he tell him to go and get a coin out of the fish's mouth? Because Peter is a fisherman. And so he said, look, this is what you do. I'm going to have you do what you do naturally. Now, had he been a carpenter, it was probably going to be a different story. Go into this um, um, uh, dresser that you made and pull out the drawer, and you're going to find what you need in that dresser, you know? But it was, I want you to go, and I want you to put a hook in. The first fish that you catch is going to have a gold coin in its mouth. Therefore, what he's saying basically, men and women of God, he's saying the place that you labor, there's, if, you will, if you will present this to me, I'll actually tell you and give you the strategy of where you need to get the money to pay your debt. So you bring it to me. Lord, I'm bringing you this situation about my money and about my debt. John and I did that. We paid off a huge debt bill because we said, Lord, this year we're going to pay off this debt. And we're going to sow into paying off this debt. And then miraculously that year we got, a, we were making the least amount that we'd ever made and he paid off all of our debt that year, supernaturally. And we were in debt for tens of thousands of dollars. So again, it's like where's the, the Jesus is going to tell you where your fish is so that you can get out of debt. Amen? But again, you've got to go to the kingdom. You can't get into toil and worry. It's going to happen supernaturally because, here's this. Listen to me. Your father in heaven is a good dad. 
and he loves you and he doesn't want you to toil. What he wants is he wants you to prosper. And he's like, listen, I, I, I created this thing called, called, called creation <laughs> and I did it for you. And then I, I, after you lost it, I didn't quit loving you, but I made a way for you to get it back. So if you weren't exactly a good steward of some of your money or you didn't do it perfectly, I just see your faithfulness. And I just want to reward you abundantly. And if you did do it wrong, just come to me because I've provided repentance for you. And you just repent and say, God, forgive me. You know, I know I can do better. And the Lord's like, that's my boy. You're coming back. All right, let's do it my way. You see what I'm saying? God's not in the business of punishing. He's in the business of rewarding. Now, God does discipline, but it's only to teach us how to do this. Amen? How to hold the blessings. All right, the third thing, financial strategy. Turn to Luke 5. Luke 5. All right, here you've got Peter fishing again. <laughs> so it was as the multitude pressed about Jesus, him, um, to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of whatever and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's or Peter's, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, who is also Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. All right, that's a lot of fish. So they signaled to their partners in, in the other boats to come and to help them. And they came and they filled, filled both the boats so that they began to sink. Then Simon Peter saw it and he fell down at Jesus saying, Depart from me, oh, for I am a sinful man, O oh Lord. Um, and so basically, he, then he goes on to say, Don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men. Okay, I'll make you fishers of men. Okay, so, so Jesus, what he does is he comes and he says, Peter... I need your boat. So he's saying, um, get, put your own name in there. I need your business. I need your money. I need your work. I need to stand in your business. And I need to use it to preach about my kingdom. I'm going to use that to introduce the system of the kingdom to the world so that, the, so that the, all the world will see that there is a supernatural God at work in your life. When you give me your business and you let me be master, Lord, of your livelihood, then what's going to happen? I'm going to tell you where to go to catch the fish. There's going to be so much abundance in this form and this system that you're going to have to call and hire more people and get more boats in to carry the abundance of what I'm about to bring to you. And because of that, and I'll tell you what happened, everybody on the shore saw this happening. They saw the abundance because every single fish means money for Peter and his friends. And so they were watching this, and they were like, this is astounding. So how good could you do financially if Jesus is telling you where to put your net? Amen? All right. Jesus, give me your business. Number two, through your business, Jesus preached the good news to the poor. Number three, Jesus told Peter where to get the increase. And number four, more than you can hope or imagine. Now, that's why this is a place of rest. Because, um, you know, Jesus, I mean, Peter was doing it in his own strength. And he was coming up with nothing over and over and over. The Lord said, no, there's this system and a way that I'm going to teach you so that, and I'm going to tell you where the big fish are. I'm going to show you where your clients are. I'm going to show you where the next deal is. I'm going to show you how to prosper the business that you're in so that your boss gives you a raise. Amen? 
All right, if you understand the kings to the kingdom wealth, you'll change your impossible thinking into possible thinking. Romans 12, do not be conformed to the patterns of the world thinking, in other words, the reality of your circumstances, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are not tapping into the potential of the kingdom. So we are, uh, we are, if we are in that place of suffering, striving, fearful, anxious, that's not the kingdom of heaven, Okay. Once you transform your thoughts, Romans 8, 2, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Both of these systems have laws that work. Which system are we going to operate under? All right. So I have a couple of testimonies. Um, Sharon, would you come up? Chrissy, I want you up here next. Come on. Come on, girl. Oh, I know. It's, a, it's an obstacle course. By the way, we have our stage up. It's really nice and big, and, um, and it's not like a tower. So anyway, hi. Everybody, this is Sharon. Hi. Um, okay, well, I have lots of testimonies, but I'm just going to share two. So um, about 20 years ago, the Lord started showing me this principle and, you know, I'm not in the clergy. I'm, I wasn't a pastor. I was just a lay person. And so my mind was thinking, well, this only works for pastors. You hear these testimonies on TBN and how that got this great financial increase. Um, but it does work for just, you know, your normal saint, right? Um, so anyhow, so let me share. I was living at a rent house, similar to you, and it was about 1,200 square feet. And it had this burnt orange shag carpet. And I said, Lord do I really have to move into this house? And he said, oh, it's just for a season. Well, let me tell you, when the Lord says season, it's not, and his definition of season is not the same as mine. So uh, year after year after year, that burnt orange carpet, and then the roaches came. And I mean, it just went from bad to worse. And then I saw my friends, and they were getting their second or third house, you know, their custom home and blah, blah, blah. You know, and I'm living in the bad-sided garland, and I don't even have a fenced backyard. And so this house of 1,200 square feet was getting smaller and smaller as there's six of us there. And so I go to the Lord and I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, you got to get me out of here. I want a house. And the Lord said, we'll start sowing a financial seed. And I'm like, all right, I got this. So I'm still praying for a house. And then when there was a speaker or, or, or it was time to give the tithe, um, or giving a special offering. It's tithes and offerings open the windows of heaven. Read Malachi, both of them, not just tithe. But anyhow, so I'd be like, hey, Lord, can I sow this for my house? And if you said yes, I would sow it. So this is how I do. The offering basket comes by. I thank you, Lord, for my house. And I throw that in there. Now, when you're sowing seed, you have to be obedient. So it's not about, first you got to say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to get this seed for? And then how much? So it's the obedience. It's not sacrifice. It's obedience. So what's the amount he's telling you to give? And you give that amount. So every time the Lord gave me permission to sow a seed, I'm sowing it for that house. I'm sowing it for the house. Okay, this is not microwave Christianity. All right? So how long did I do that? It was one month, two months, a year, two years, at least two years. Every time I had the opportunity, I am thanking the Lord for my house. Now, we are farmers, right? So what do farmers do? They water their seed. So what I did in the meantime, in between, every time I gave, I continued to water the seed. And I watered the seed with my faith. And I thank the Father that you're giving me a house. You're giving me a large house. Now, where I missed it was I should have prayed, been a little more specific and said, you know, I want cream color carpet or blah, 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 blah. I learned later, you know, be specific when you're praying. But anyhow, so I'm watering my seed. I'm watering my seed. I'm watering my seed. So, you know, we all have all night. So I'll just cut to the chase. So overnight, I get this house. And Debbie yawns here. You can attest. You've seen my house, right? You've seen my house. So I went from a 1,200 orange carpet, roach-infested house to a 4,500-square-foot house on 14 and a half acres with a nine-car garage. That's my God. And I, let me tell you what. What I didn't share with you is I didn't have a pot to pee in. I had no money. I came from, sorry, we're being taped, but I came from, um, 
I came from the land of living on government subsidies. I was on Medicaid. I was on, which one? Is it Medicaid or Medicare? I always get mixed up. Okay, food stamps, all that stuff. And the Lord dealt with me and he said, are you going to trust in the government more than you're going to trust in me? You've got to cut that stuff off. So that was the first step. And then he started dealing with me about not only tithing faithfully, but giving above and beyond the tithe. All right? So if God can do that for me, and I'm telling you, I'd be saying that line with those food stamps, he can do that for you. So my second testimony is, now I'm single, and my car's giving me trouble, and you know how that is, ladies. And you don't want to break down the other side of town or the bad side of town. And then when you go in to get your car fixed, you're like, okay, are they going to take advantage of me? You know, am I going to end up with a huge bill of a bunch of stuff I bought I didn't even need? And so, you know, I started petitioning the Lord. I'm like, okay, Lord, now I am bringing my tithe and my offerings into the storehouse. So you're supposed to rebuke that devourer. And uh, I need some help here. I need a new car. So I am in a service similar to uh, this service tonight. And this was before I started coming to the storehouse. And they were doing, um, uh, they were fundraising for the remodel of their church. And so um, you always want to ask the Lord. If there's an opportunity to give, ask him. You know, he might say no, but I doubt it. He will probably, (laughs) I mean, he might say $2, but you, you really should always be prepared because you're not giving to a church, you're giving it to the kingdom of God. So anyhow, so, you know, I bow my head. I'm like, okay, Lord, do you want me to give? And it's a yes. And then, so I'm thinking a financial gift of, I'm thinking, he'll probably tell me $100, you know, that's a good round number. And he said, give the boat. And I'm like, give the boat? The boat's broken. I don't want to, what's the church going to do with the boat? And the Lord's, I'm arguing with the Lord, sorry. So anyhow, so I, uh, we went back and forth, and I said, Lord, you know, it's broken, and, and then they're going to have to try to figure out how to fix it, and he won. So I go down, and I tell him, well, I'm sorry, but um, I had this boat, this broken boat, and the Lord told me to give it to you. And the pastor starts smiling, and he said, you're not going to believe this, but we have a used boat dealer in our church. Can you believe that? So we'll come pick it up. So um, they come pick it up. It was winter, and then, you know, they get it all fixed, blah, blah, blah. They sell it in July. They sell it for $4,500. Now, remember, I need a car, right? So the next month, I get a phone call. I get given a $45,000 brand-new Lincoln. I get given... Uh, toll tag, when I was spending $400 a month on toll tag, I get given all my car insurance, and this has been for five years, I get my car insurance paid for, and every repair, it's all bills paid car, like tires, oil changes, all that stuff. And so Tracy didn't tell me I could do this, but I'm going to tell you, I gave, instead of giving $100, I was able to give more into the kingdom of God by being obedient with the boat was $4,500. And so there might be something that you have that you're not using right now. We'll figure out how to sell it. Um, or there might be something that you like it too much. And the Lord says, hey, I think that might be a little idle over there. You know, I don't know. But just be open to the Lord um, that he might require something other than just, you know, financial money. So when this happened to me, I mean, I was in, I was in heaven. I was so excited. I would never buy a new car. Never, ever. Just not financially wise. But, um, I mean, it's been the biggest blessing. Um, so anyhow, um, in, in all of that, you know, I, I learned really fast that it's awesome to give. So I'm like, Lord, is there something else I could give? <laughs> It's so true. Where can we where can we distribute our seed? Chrissy, come on up here. All right, come on, cutie. Don't you love Chrissy? She's our songbird. <laughs> I am. Hi. Hi. <laughs> All right. So my tithe story is about the first time I actually uh, started tithing. My first tithing miracle. 
So I was back in college and super broke. I don't know if any of you have been there. I'm still kind of there. <laughs> um, living paycheck to paycheck, super, super broke. And the Lord started teaching me to tithe. So I started tithing, and I got good at tithing, and I was able to pay my bills and tithe and work and go to school. And then the Lord decided to challenge me <laughs> with uh, tithing with no money. And um, my car broke down one day, and um, I got a call from the dealership, and they said it was going to be $500 to fix it. And back then, <laughs> that's about uh, that was more than my paycheck. So I was like, cool, I don't have the money to fix my car. And so I was like stuck at a crossroads because I could either tithe or I could fix my car. And I was really nervous because, you know, the adulting part in me because I'm like real responsible and I'm really good with my money. And I was like, well, I need to be a good adult and pay all my bills. But I couldn't be a good adult and pay my bills and tithe. So I was super nervous and I felt like the Lord was telling me to tithe, but I really was like, God, I, I can't tithe. I can't afford it. <laughs> and so I went over to my parents and I walked into their study. That's like their God room. And I was like, hey, mom, dad. Um, and I told them my issue and I was like, so what should I do? And my mom, like she always does, was like, well, you hear from the Lord, so you know what you need to do. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay. I was like, crap. Okay, I think I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a good mom. Yeah, that's a good mom. And I was like, you know, they didn't give me advice. They just told me to ask the Lord. And I was like, yeah, okay. no, they didn't give me money either. And they, and they were good for it. They just looked at me like, yeah, that's the Lord. You hear from him. So I was like, okay. So I was super nervous, and it was Sunday um, the next day. So I faithfully wrote out my tithe check, and I went to church, and I tithed, and I prayed over it like I always do that it'll be blessed and multiply into the kingdom and you know I was like God I have no money no money to pay for my bills no money to get my car out of the shop I can't go to work I can't go to school and at the time I was a general manager over three stores all over DFW I needed to be able to drive to do my job and it was Sunday and I had no money <laughs> and so I tithed <laughs> and Monday came around and the mail came in and there was mail for me from like some random, you know, you get like weird junk mail and you're like, this is probably junk, but I guess I'll just open it, like whatever. <laughs> so I ripped it open and I'm like, holy cow. Like I probably said another word, <laughs> but I was like legit, like what is this? It was a check and I get it and I'm like shaking and I'm just like, this is not happening. This is not real. And I go over to my parents and I'm like, look at this check. I'm like, look, I just got a check. And I'm like, this is so bogus. It ended up being from a car accident from years before that I'd completely settled. They repaired my car. They paid all my hospital bills, everything. Like it was done, done. And like randomly, this was like five years later, I get this bogus check in the mail. And they're like, we just wanted, we were just looking at our records and we wanted to settle it and make sure that, you know, everything was good. So this is to like settle the settlement. And I'm like, I mean, whatever, I'll take it. <laughs> so I walk over and show my parents, and the kicker was I show it to my dad, and he's, like, super smart. And he's, like, looking at it, and he looks at me, and he's like, you know what? This is, like, almost to the penny, the exact amount to not only cover your repairs to your car, but also to tithe. Wow. And I was like, awesome. yeah. So, yeah. All right. Thank you. God's ways never fail. Okay, so John and I, John, you want to come up? We're going to um, pray over this. All of you have an envelope in your uh, chair. Okay, there's a couple of things you've got there. Oh, if you don't have one, raise your hand. We'll give you one. Um, there's a pledge card for the part two. Um, can you put that up, the little kind of instructions of how we're going to do this? So for um, the first part, nope. Mm -mm. Okay, yes, we do want that up. Um, I'm making a vision board. How many of you have a vision board of all of the things you're believing God for? That's why we assign our money where it's going to go. And this is what I do. I, th I say, thank you, Father, for this, whatever it is that I'm believing the Lord for. 
And then I, and this is how the Lord says it to me. He said, will you believe me for X? Meaning, are you going to have faith with me? And I'm like, yes. I love the way you say that, Lord. So thank you, Father, for whatever it is that you are believing the Lord for your sowing. How much you sowed, how much he told you to sow, and then what, and then date, the today's date, okay? So that's what I do. I keep, I keep a reference of everything that I'm sowing so that when it comes to pass, I've got a testimony and I can begin to tell people how the Lord blessed us. Um, but here's what we're going to do. We are taking up an offering for the first $100,000 and that's going to be in the envelope. So what you're going to give today, so over the next 30 uh, days, we're, we are going to raise $100,000. Now, us as Storehouse, what we did, remember the first night that we were here, we sowed $10,000 of our construction money um, into a couple of ministries. We sowed it into the call that they're having, the all-women's call up in Washington, D.C., and we sowed uh, the other part into Baruch Hashem because we, let, we know that if you bless Israel and you bless God's people, then you're going to be blessed. Of course, we're all God's people, but anyway. Um, okay, so that's what this is for. This is one time I'm going to give um, for the $100,000. Then we're taking up an additional $100,000, and we're doing it through these pledge cards. So this is how much I'm going to pledge to give over my normal tithe, and this is when you can take it out of my credit card or my check card. So you put all your information on there. I put take it out of the first, um, but if you want it to be taken out on the 15th, you can do that as well. And so we'll just, we'll just um, take it out of your credit card at that time. And so John and I have already prepared everything. We put everything, we put our check for giving or your credit card for giving in the envelope. And then we took and we filled out the pledge card of how much we wanted to give over and above. Um, and so the reason, I just want to back up for a minute and I want to tell you the reason why we did this and why we broke it up into two increments. Um, first, we need about 100 thousand dollars to finish the work that we're doing. That's the first thing. The second thing is um, Pastor Terry told us, you know, you guys have been here for eight months, which is a really long time to be in an interim place. And he said, you're going to need some money as you're ramping back up. And he said, the last thing you want to do is get in and then really get financially strapped and get in a hard place. So that's the reason why we're asking for the additional hundred. Just so you guys know, I mean, you know, it's not like John and I are going to go like to the Bahamas or anything, right? We're not. No. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, if you know us, you know that this, that isn't what it's about for us. Um, that it's about this, this storehouse deal about doing the remodel over there, about expanding our space, is about souls in seats. And uh, one thing that we, is really on our hearts is to sow into the neighborhood where we are there and into, you know, this area of town, uh, this midtown, if you will. And um, we're going to be there really to do the four, Luke 418 for our communities. Yeah. To heal the brokenhearted, to, you know, preach the good news to the poor, to all around us where we are there, uh, um, there are souls that need to be harvested. And so we, we fully intend to harvest them. Yeah. And um, again, you know, you know our story. So, you know, our hearts on this. Just come, um, come into it with us. Let's all get the reward and the blessing. I want to bless you that are giving I want to uh, bless those that are online that are giving and all of those who will give. Tracy and I, um, we, we prayed about what to give, and it's substantial for us. But um, we believe in the work that the Lord's doing in the storehouse body. We believe in you. We believe in every one of you's destiny uh, in, in the kingdom. And this is one way that you can participate in the kingdom, okay? You want to pray? So let's do, let's just bow our heads and just ask the Lord to uh, bless us and uh, bless all those who give and to finish this work. Lord, we, we ask for your blessing for everyone here, everyone that's watching online, everyone that's associated or has in any way connected with this church, Lord. And I pray that you'd move on the hearts 
to finish this work. Lord, that we could finish this building, which will house so many more, have room for our children, room for all of the things that we need there. Pray that you would bless that, Lord. I pray that there would be no sorrow attached to it, Lord, that we wouldn't be swimming in debt upside down and worried and stressed out, but Lord, that your peace, your rest would come and that your kingdom's ways uh, would be demonstrated for a great testimony for your name. And Lord, I pray that I would pray a prayer of thanksgiving, Lord, that you've allowed Tracy and I to do things like this, like to, to really lead the charge uh, in Farmer's Branch and, and to bring your kingdom in. Lord, let every family start to prepare hearts even now, that every family that's supposed to be impacted by storehouse, Lord, start to move on them. Start to get them ready, Lord. Start to get the harvest ready for us to harvest. And Lord, I just pray a blessing over everyone here, financially, everyone that's giving financially, that they'd have great testimonies to your name, just like Tracy and I do. We have many, many more we could share. And we thank you for all these testimonies, Lord. Maybe we will share more. But we thank you, Lord. Tracy. Yeah, and so I want you to put your hand on your offering. Um, and I, I just want you to tell it where to go and just say, uh, well, Father, thank you for the seed. Thank you for providing a seed. And I just bless this seed for and then you add in the the whatever it is that you are believing the lord for i bless this seed for and you just go ahead out loud just say it and father we just thank you that it's going into your kingdom and it's going to produce a great harvest we stand in faith as we sow this seed father and we know we're advancing your kingdom we know father that the hearts of many are coming into your kingdom father and i thank you father that you've made us a generous house and a generous family and lord we just bless you for every way that you've provided for us and for this seed let it go out and create a great harvest for Dallas Fort Worth in Jesus name. Amen. All right, we love you guys. Just go ahead and bring them forward into the boxes. After everybody has brought forth their envelopes, what we would like to do is if you really struggle in the area of, of fear around your finances, we want to pray for you. We want the Bex and Sharon and John and I to pray over you and just break some of that stuff off. So, um, Lord, we just thank you for everyone here. I pray that as they go out this week, they would just have a blessed time. Father, uh, an abundance of every good thing. In Jesus' name, amen.